0: NBC's comic book workshop brought to you by our amazing supporters on patreon I'm Jason Hammonds, a writer who also draws
1: and I'm Kent Heidelman an artist who also writes we're both making comics while still figuring out how to make comics after digging through long boxes libraries and the internet then defeating the ghosts of the man and the king in a game of wits for their precious knowledge on making comics
0: we thought it might be a good idea to share our notes and hopefully help you make your own
1: comics as well before we get started we wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Now let's get on with the show.
0: Book workshop. I'm Jason Hammonds. Joining me today is uh, a legendary artist, one of the most uh uh, uh exciting, energetic and and uh, wonderful artists that's uh, out in the comic scene right now. You should know his name already. Uh he's he's known for works like Bitter Root, Power Man and Iron Fist 1000 as well as many many other comics. Uh please welcome to the show live from his studio, Sanford Green. How's it going, Sanford?
2: Ah, uh, doing pretty good. How
0: how about you? <laughs> Doing pretty well, man. Uh, I, It's been a while. It's been like two years, I think, since the last time that uh, that we talked on a podcast. Uh, and well, wh- <laughs> it's it's been a little bit. Um, yeah. The last time we talked, you had posted like a, a cryptic little post on Instagram or something like that, just mm-hmm. saying bitter root and like coming soon or something like that. And that was it. Uh, that was it. Yeah. And I tried to pressure you into giving me any information about it. and uh, And you held strong. <laughs> But now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here we are a good amount of time later. Uh, uh, tell me, t- let's let's talk about Bitterroot first for the audience. Anyone who might not know, uh, what what is Bitterroot about?
2: Um, a family of monster hunters set during the Harlem Renaissance, and they use steampunk technology and alchemy to deal with these uh, forces of evil, this infestation of monsters. You, as a reader, will find out, why these monsters exist, mm. the force, things of that, of that nature. And, um, that's kind of the, the, the broad strokes of the story. Um, uh, and then it goes <clears throat> a little deeper into the actual characters, mm. um, family, the sangria family. And, um, and, uh, you'll start to learn about how, uh, the family has pretty much a, a sacred philosophy on dealing with, uh, this, um, uh, Infestation of monsters, but there is a event that has taken place in actual history that we use to um, cause a schism within the family. Mm. Um, it changes half of the family's uh, philosophy of how to deal with this infestation. So, um, and then it goes a little deeper as well, where we look at uh, the, what I consider to be the main protagonist, um, Cullen Sangrier. Okay. <clears throat> an aspiring uh, artist and uh, he has just, uh, he's just torn. He's torn with his, his purpose, the family's uh, purpose. He is, uh, you know, for the most part, he's the, the one that deals with, or he's the next in line to be the leader um, of their uh, duty as a family. Mm -hmm. And he's just reluctant. So, you know, that, that age-old um, uh, setup where, you know, the main protagonist uh, is trying to uh, figure out their destiny, if you will. Yeah. Uh, coming age, if you will.
0: Yeah, and he he's a fascinating character. There is, um, you know, there's, and I won't spoil anything, but at the very end of your first arc, which is concluded now, everyone, make sure you go out and buy the trade. It's uh, coming soon. yeah the uh the the at the very even like the last page of the first arc there's definitely kind of some some interesting turns of events uh regarding that main character that uh, I I can't wait to see a little bit further into with with Colin um oh, yeah. but but so you that that tease for for this comic happened back in April 20th uh, April 20th of 2017 was when you posted that uh I'm curious, how long had this project been sort of developing? I mean, it seems like it was one that you, along with David Walker and Chuck Brown, the writers, uh, it seems like you guys have been developing this for quite some time.
2: Um, for the most part, it's, it, you know, right around that time when I posted that, uh, <clears throat> that little teaser uh, announcement, um, we, we've been developing it. Honestly, we're still developing it. <laughs> we're, 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 you know, kind of... Um, learning as we go along if you will sure uh, characters um I I often listen to a lot of interviews with writers and creators and how they talk about how their characters kind of dictate where they want to go and yeah. that's kind of what's happening with us um, as well it's very organic we're not um we're not uh, sitting here with this uh, completely strategized, layout of where everything is gonna go we do have an ending uh-huh. um even that ending right now based on what we're doing with these characters could change um somewhat but uh yeah I was uh, I'm like you I, when I even when I read the script or when we talked about the script um, and the the ending to the first arc I was like oh man I gotta <laughs> exposure <to> myself <laughs> I need to know where where this character is really going and um i love it um i love i love to uh create with these guys Um uh, and i love the ideas and how we implement those ideas yeah a lot of times i i kind of hold back on um really uh i'll throw an idea out there to those guys uh-huh. and um they'll they'll run with it <clears throat> to some degree but for the most part they they have um they have kind of an overview of where they want to go, and um, I chime in every mm. once in a while. But um, a lot of times, I just kind of want to enjoy the ride, if you will. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, and um, that's been great for me as well, just to see how uh, <clears throat> I've been able to do both. I can enjoy the ride and help uh, map this thing out. So yeah. uh, it's put a lot into it. It's helped me creatively, um, artistically as well.
0: Yeah, it's, there's definitely like, I I feel like there's, in, in reading this comic and reading these first five issues, you know, I mean, you are already one of the most exciting artists to read, I think, but but there's, like, over the course of these five issues, it feels like there's a lot that, you know, is still evolving and changing in your work, which is, I think, it must be exciting for you to be this far into your career and still have things that can kind of evolve and, and sort of uh, move forward. Um, but... I I, I want to know like when did how did this come about? I mean, obviously, one of the things that's interesting is is obviously you have two writers on on Bitterroot, David Walker and Chuck Brown, and you had worked with both of them separately before. You worked with David on on Power Man and Iron Fist and Chuck on One Thousand. Uh, mm-hmm. How did how did this creative team come together between the three of you?
2: Um, I begged them to get along and <laughs> so I could work with them both, uh, so that's pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, seriously, I. I, I The original um, basic idea, Chuck Brown had this idea about wanting to do something, uh, a story during the Harlem Renaissance, and um, he had kind of a basic story. It wasn't anything like this birthday, but it was Mm -hmm. um, during that era, and I thought that era was really fascinating because I haven't really seen anything out there quite like that um, in terms of... Telling a story during that time period. Yeah. So, um, uh, me and David, we were wrapping up um, our projects at uh, Marvel, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> we were trying to figure out what to do next. And um, I just kind of brought up, you know, I, I, I'm I'm interested in doing something kind of based in you know not a non-superhero kind of thing but still really a lot of fun mm. a lot of action things of that nature to where i can still get that fixed if you will with uh <laughs> storytelling yeah yeah um and he's great at that kind of stuff <clears throat> so it just dawned on me that you know david's super well versed in world building yeah and um and uh chuck is he's a great brainstormer Um, So I figured if I can put the two of them together, that we can probably, you know, create this fantastical world Mm -hmm. um, during that era. And, um, you know, I like to take credit for it. And I'm the (laughs) genius that uh, put these guys together. And uh, they've been working well um, ever since. Of course, you know, uh, doing something together for the first time, you know, you have to figure out where you where you really um can contribute if you will because Uh both are used to kind of carrying themselves um entirely with their stories but it's kind of like again what I, i what my thought was i can see them working together because they both have unique uh strengths in storytelling yeah and it, uh, it, it it honestly worked out, you know? They didn't kill each other,
0: so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I think it, it, it definitely worked out. You know, this this comic has been pretty damn successful. Uh, people are people are loving it. They, obviously, like, the the themes in the book are, are fantastic, and just the general excitement, the story, like, it really moves, and it has a lot of heart and character. Like, it's such a good balance of, I think, all of the things that anybody wants in genre entertainment with a, a bit extra sort of sprinkled on of, like... There, there's still some vegetables in there. You know what I mean. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a hell of a lot of fun to read, but like it does actually make you sort of reflect and think about a lot of things. Um, And it has a lot to say about the world. And so it's it's yeah, I think it's incredibly successful. That sort of that mix that you brought together.
2: Well, it's the old adage: uh, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down better. There
0: you go. Exactly.
2: Uh, That's kind of our take on the whole thing.
0: Yeah, no, and it's 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 a it's a hell of a success, man, and and I like seeing this this first arc uh, wrap up. Obviously, you just barely I think this was like yesterday or so. You guys uh, teased that you have an annual issue uh, coming out, which I think was a, a big surprise to a lot of people.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's uh that's another thing that we're we 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 we're starting to think a lot um, in terms of big picture, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, we want to tell the story. Um, but we know that there's so much in the story that we need to get people there a little quicker. Mm. Um, and part of that is um, doing these... It's, it's funny. We, it, people call it an annual, and even on the image, the, the official title is called Red Summer Special, right? Ah. And, um, I think the solicitation they used annual, Oh. Uh. Well, I think posted the annual which was kind of like a placeholder but still <laughs> it, call it what you will it's an annual it's special one shot but uh, we wanted to do a series of these between story arcs because we felt that um, you know we, we're looking at what has transpired with other comics over at uh, image and yeah. um, between each art there seems to be a bit of a gap some can do, can close those gaps better than others. Uh-huh. Um, we, we felt like we just didn't want to have too much air between the first arc and the second arc. Uh-huh. Uh, out of sight, out of mind is what we're thinking. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that's what this industry is. It's, it's kind of riddled with yeah. that notion. Mm-hmm. And um, especially from the retailer side, just being honest, uh, if you're not in the public eye, consistently they tend to move on to the next thing yeah that is there. And that's only fair if you're running a business and you're not getting the product in a timely fashion or what you consider to be a timely fashion, yeah. you're gonna go something else that will you know provide that. So I we all had that 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 concern that we just can't let our space be too too long yeah so that's where the the that's initially where the idea came from and then it just kind of worked out that you know what again thinking about uh world building we wanted to make sure that we gave you more backstory when it came to the characters into the world because this world it, it goes back to man uh, we can go far back <laughs> In some degree we may even meet uh maybe even, able to um to look at the future and uh, but that's that's down the line uh-huh. but yeah we're, we're we're super excited about about this uh
0: the red summer ad- special
2: <laughs> yeah the Red. thank you the red summer special uh, and we feel like we can we can really get some 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 nice and it's fresh too it's not just um it's not just a throwaway story everything's yeah. going to meaning everything's going to you know have some type of great connection it's a great bridge between the first art to the second art that's the other thing as well mm. so we're we're really uh, excited about Excited about where it's
0: going. Well, and I love, I love the fact that that I mean, it, it is such a brilliant thing, and it's it's interesting because this really hasn't, it doesn't seem like anyway, it has it hasn't been done in creator-owned comics uh, before, where it's like, yeah, you do this filler arc, it gives you as the artist like time to catch up and breathe and like be a sane human person, uh, <laughs> but, but then it also. Well,
2: As relatively speaking,
0: so (laughs) yeah, as sane as a comic book artist can be, I suppose. Uh, (laughs) but but uh, you know, but but it also gives the chance to like bring in you know other artists, like it it looks like you guys are doing, you know, bring in other exciting artists to sort of like you know, kind of do a little bit of uh, do a little bit bit of jazz on like their you know, their view of, of this world and and you know. I, I don't know. Like it's that's an exciting thing in the creator-owned field is to be able to bring in those voices, still have new content in between the arcs, uh, give you time to like you know get caught up and, and sort of like you know be ahead of the wave a little bit, but then also yeah bring in these new voices to this world and kind of expand it out that you know that much more. It's really cool.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're we're excited about about the uh, creative teams uh, that's coming ab- um, aboard, uh, Chris Bruner. Um, he is, uh, probably one of my favorite artists that doesn't do enough work yeah. in this um, but everything that he does do is incredible. Okay. Maybe that's kind of the, it's kind of the, the best of both worlds to some degree where, <laughs> um, you know, you're not killing yourself with deadlines, you're mm-hmm. nice, but when you do your work, it is the best thing you've done today. And, um, yeah. That's what he brings. So it was, it was, it was almost a no-brainer to have him come aboard. He's great at these short stories.
0: Yeah, Brian's um, awesome.
2: He's incredible. So, and then we have others. You know, Kari Randolph. Um, he's he's another. He's a an old an old friend. Yeah, known him for a while. and Kari's awesome. uh, I'll actually and be talking
0: to Kari on this show probably in in just a couple of weeks after this interview goes up. So.
2: Oh, awesome! Yeah, he's yeah. got the new the new series out. Excellent. Excellence. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm excited to talk to Kari. That's that's awesome. That's. I mean, thus far, yeah, Brunner and and uh, and Kari. That's those are two pretty awesome creators to have on this series.
2: Oh yeah, you can you can shut it shut it down after that,
0: man. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, man. It's yeah. uh, that that's exciting. And and everyone, uh, when's when's that one uh, coming out? July?
2: Uh, yeah. So we're we're doing um, that's dropping in July. Mm-hmm. I think. Right before San Diego, which would be pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think a week before.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We're going to be doing something out there. Um, oh, yeah. Possibly a, a exclusive. I, I'm not sure yet. Maybe I'm letting out something that's false. <laughs> I don't know. It's not fake news, but it's just yeah. <laughs> misguided news. I feel um, you.
3: Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. But, um, um, and then, of course, we have our trade that, that will be dropping here uh, in, uh, May, May 15th, I think, Perfect. um, yeah, May 15th. And then we're doing, um, the summer special a month later. Awesome. So we're, in a lot of ways, it's kind of this, this nice, uh, fluidity to mm-hmm. it to where, you know, again, we're not, we're not off the grid. Yeah. You we're, just keep
0: moving. We're
2: still moving. And at the same time, we're able to take a step back and gear up for uh, the second art.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. It's 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 really exciting, and I think it's it's always nice when something different is happening in the creator-owned realm. Um, mm-hmm. And speaking of that, so so we we talked before uh, on the last interview. You kind of mentioned, you know, that you were setting your sights on on you know sticking to the creator-owned realm. Uh, now being this deep into it, you know, with with bitter Rude and obviously with one thousand before that. Um, how are you enjoying creator-owned work as opposed to to licensed work? What are kind of the uh, the benefits and drawbacks of, of both for you?
2: Um, I'll give you the drawbacks first. <laughs> um, the, the fact that you have to do pretty much everything. You're the editor. I mean, we just had a, an issue the other day. It it wasn't an issue. It was a, a somewhat of a. It was just something that we was we weren't a hundred percent sure if the Annual, I'm gonna give not annual, but the uh, trade had the right page count. Mm. So I've never done that before personally. That's always <laughs> left up to the publisher, yeah. if you will. So that was a bit nerve wracking.
0: Mm. um <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh,
2: I do literally. I I jumped out of my chair and oh my goodness, I was flailing almost <laughs> because, because we're you know we're printing. Yeah. As we, see the the trade, so to have something like that, it was it was um, it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. But those kind of things, you know, that can be a little challenging. That can be um, stressful. Yeah. Um, but then, the the other side of it is, you own it. Yep. Period. And it's that high risk, high reward, type of situation <laughs> where, you know. I know that as stressful as all this is, the reward will come back tenfold. Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel that way, of course, when you're in the middle (laughs) of the storm. (laughs) uh, When you're trying to figure out uh, how to upload your files to a server, to someone in Asia somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And they have to do the colors and get it back to you so you can proof everything. and get to I mean, it's like you're doing all the, stuff the editors do at the big two or yeah. other pub- publishers. But <clears throat> once it's done, for the most part, I will honestly say this is kind of the best place for me because I am such a control freak. <laughs> so, um, the story, I'm not a writer. I'm not the writer, but I definitely have ideas and yeah, And I can fight for my ideas. And I usually get them in. Hell yeah. Whereas at at, uh, the big two, those ideas get shot down before you can even present them. (laughs) So, so, uh, you know, and then to see it blossom and grow, you know, I know you may talk about um, uh, the success of it in terms of it turning or you know, getting an option and all that stuff like that. Sure. that that's the kind of thing that we're we are not looking for that, if you will. That's not a, our initial goal. Our initial sure. goal to tell an incredible story. Um, and that's the God's honest truth. I was not thinking about turning this into... Though it's kind of hard not to because sure. once we the story and we started putting it together, we started seeing this thing become something other than just a book. And that's just the truth but yeah. we try to focus on the story and that's where um, that's where we uh, lay our heads
0: well and I, I and, think you know, I, I just feel I feel like there's no there's no shame these days in being like yeah I mean the 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 you know multimedia deals on comics are just kind of a fact of the business now and and you know people can be cynical about it or whatever but the the truth of the matter is it's injecting more money into comics to allow people to tell their stories you know at the end of the day. Uh, and so, right. uh, you know, to me, I'm just like, yeah, sure. Like if a comic is good and successful, yeah, I want it to get all the options in the world. Cause that means they'll keep being able to make more of that
2: comic. That's true. That's very true.
0: Um, but that's, that's awesome, man. I, and, and actually talking about your, con, you know, the, the control freak aspect, uh, one thing I, I'm curious about is, so a, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to know how Rico Renzi you know, got involved in the project and what made him the right colorist for it. Uh, but then B, how, how closely you work with him on, on sort of uh, his colors and if you're giving notes when the colors are coming back and things like that.
2: <clears throat> um, Rico, if he hears this, he's going to just nod in agreement. I think he, <laughs> before he puts color to anything, he wants me to map out all all of my thoughts. Mm. Um, if Like, I I, I do a gray, a grayscale mock up of where I think color should go, um, and even a little bit of notes saying, Okay, make this scene kind of a hue, a green hue, Mm. make this here kind of a purple hue, and so on and so forth. That way, when, and again, that takes a little time, yeah, but. It honestly is not much more time than what I've done in the past, where I uh, I worked at Marvel or wherever, and the colorist will send the colors, and I will lose my mind because <laughs> it's nothing like I envision. But at the same time, how can they know what I'm thinking? Yeah, it's impossible. I can yeah. explain all day long, but. Still, you would need to see it, and, and the easiest way to do that is to just actually lay it down. Yeah, um, now does that take away from the colorist kind of having freedom to do their thing? Yes, and no, mm-hmm. um, but it also minimalizes the, the back and forth. Yeah, well- that's a big problem.
0: And I, I think there's something to be said for, you know, and I'm I'm sure you've experienced this, that sometimes, you know, placing sort of restrictions or, or putting yourself in a sandbox, you know, forces you to be a little more creative, you know, like, the fact that he's, you know, getting this sort of guidance from you and like saying, you know, you want a greenish hue on this thing or whatever, you know, is allowing you to be like, okay, cool, like, how can I, how can I stretch and do something interesting within sort of these specific parameters that I'm given? And I think that that oftentimes that creates a you know, a better end result than just like, Hey, here's all the colors in the rainbow, do whatever you want, you know, like whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah. And Rico, he loves the rainbow. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It's like, I love his work on, on pretty much everyone. It's yeah. some, some of my favorite work. Oh Yeah. And, um, I just knew that he would get, even though he's doing, he loves these really vibrant colors. Yep. Our book doesn't really have a lot of that. It has some some specs of it, but not a whole lot. And I thought it would be interesting to see how he could do what he does,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: with a different palette. Yeah, and that's where I think he kind of stretched his his color range, if you will. Uh, because I'm not I'm not a real vibrant color kind of guy. I love I love them. I love them on specific things. But mm-hmm. um, I love that muted kind of uh, that traditional um, fl- flat, but yeah. very elective with your highlights, not not highlights on every surface. <laughs> you
0: know, not just up. rendering like, the hell out of it.
2: Yeah, I, oh my God, I, don't get me started on that stuff.
0: But, <laughs> I feel you, man.
2: But that works on certain things.
3: Yeah. I mean,
2: there's certain things that, that is acquired. Yep. <laughs> Whereas my colors. Uh, or my my aesthetics is not warranted or wouldn't work on a really commercial book. It's almost like being a film director, like an indie film director with, you know, putting them on a big budget film. Yeah. They, they're going to want to put their spin on it, but there are going to be a whole lot of restrictions. And that's why you see so many of these guys kind of leaving these big commercial projects. <laughs> <laughs> they can't do what they want to do. I, I guess that goes back to being able to spread our wings and spread my creative wings yep. and do exactly what I want to do or get as close to it as possible mm-hmm. doing my own thing. Yeah. Um and hopefully if it's successful enough then these big the commercial people will see that and go, "Oh wow, that worked." <laughs> you yeah. know, it worked. Well, maybe we can and that's what happens in film. Right. Same thing. It's like I knew that for so long, my vision couldn't be really demonstrated well because there were so many handcuffs commercially uh, in the commercial realm. So I would get projects that would be great in terms of name, Mm -hmm. but in terms of execution, they left a lot to be desired um, for me, especially because I was like, man, I didn't. That didn't turn out the way I wanted. Power Man and Iron Fist is probably as close as it will get,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, at, at least at that time. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the characters. Sure. Uh, the fact that you we were able to kind of reimagine those characters. Yeah. They, they, they didn't have any kind of cement um, characterization. Yeah. For for years. I mean, Iron Fist, but he didn't really. He wasn't with Luke Cage at all. I think the last time that they were together was like 20 years or something like that. It was crazy, you know?
3: Um,
2: so I know I kind of spoke around it, but, um, going back to Rico, I think that's why I was really excited about having him to see if he could really, for the first time I could get my vision (laughs) really, you know, through someone else. Yeah. uh, Did a great job.
0: Yeah, totally. No. And I think, I think the thing about Rico and I mean, any, you know, any listeners who have read my, my comics kind of know this about me, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of like textures and, and more sort of flat style coloring. And, and I think that, that Rico manages to like, he, he, you know, is able to blend like a lot of these, these textures and, and, you know, like the, the more muted color palettes, but at the same time, make them very vibrant and add just that, you know, that bit of light, that bit of sort of like kind of glowing energy to it. Um, you know, and he's, Especially with his backgrounds, so he'll do a lot of these kind of like brushy, sort of multicolor palette things that don't distract yeah. but really enhance the environment. Um, right, and it's uh, yeah, it, it blends really well. I think, especially with with your art style, like because your style has always been. And this is a thing that I try to figure it out. Like I've I have definitely spent some time trying to study your art and figure out what holds it together because you can you you have this ability to really like stretch proportions and like you know do these like hyper kind of exaggerated sort of poses and perspectives but somehow it still all holds together and looks right Uh, (laughs) and it's it's as an artist myself it's it's maddening to try and like figure it out and I'm, I'm curious is that a conscious thing is there is that a skill that you've sort of developed consciously to be able to like really stretch these kind of perspectives and interesting poses uh uh and and hold it all together proportionally somehow or is it just kind of a subconscious thing
2: um yeah i blank out and i just do it Um, (laughs) almost like uh i don't know if you're a fan of mob psycho and the the animated uh yeah i'm kind of like that (laughs) dude i'm not not like that guy i I don't destroy everything in my path um i feel like i do sometimes everyone's well, nah, I, think, <laughs> I, I think that um, um, it's it is a little bit of both where're subconscious but I, I study a lot of uh, anime animation mm-hmm. um, and um, I love pushing proportions yeah and uh, that's where a lot of that comes from and unfortunately the commercial field isn't really built for that you can you can get away with some of it It uh,
3: uh-huh.
2: can't be as extreme no. I, and you know what's funny is that there's times where i feel like i'm not pushing it enough mm. i feel like oh man this is kind of blah it's <laughs> not it's not as extreme as i want it to be
3: oh
0: i'd love um, i'd love i'd love to see you go full extreme by your standards then
2: <laughs> well i i think honestly it's it's because i think honestly i don't think the industry can handle something like that. Not, not <laughs> the level Not that. I'm not saying me. I'm just saying no, in really. general, I've seen some really, uh, I love unique art. Um, there's a few artists out there that do some incredible work when you allow them to just do their thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a very acquired taste. <laughs> and um, I, I'll, I'll use this one person as an example, because I think, he's just a, an absolute genius. But, um, I think Paul Pope is kind of the beginnings
3: oh.
2: of that doing your thing yep. and letting it be yep. like it doesn't, you don't have to conform. He doesn't conform to any particular brand or
3: yeah.
2: genre, or whatever. He does it the way that he does it. And that's that. Yeah. And it, it's beautiful. Yep. It's incredible work. And, um, a lot of people, uh, I think they, you can, I guess I'm speaking almost um, kind of going back on my words, but I think <laughs> a lot of people gravitate towards his work.
3: Uh-huh.
2: He's been genuine from the beginning. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, he may not appeal to the masses, if you will, mm. because he is so unique. It is an acquired taste. That's fair. But it, but it works. You yeah. know, it really works This stuff is incredible um, in that sense to me. So I aspire to be that way.
0: Yeah, I, no, I, and I, I feel, and I, I think you you kind of, I mean, your, your art is definitely of that mold of like this, you know, it's a very, there's no one else that looks like it. Like you're not gonna, the same yeah. way that you're not gonna see someone else's work and be like, is that Paul Pope? I don't think that anyone would ever like have that question. They kind of know right away if it's Paul Pope. And I think it's the same way with your work. And, and there are, you know, kind of a few select artists out there that as soon as you see it you go, Oh yeah, that's that's so and so. right. And that's it's yeah. it's interesting. I think and I think obviously it's helpful for branding because then it's like, you know, if, if kind of like like right now, you know, if if you want what Sanford Green offers, you gotta read Bitter Root, you know, like and, and that's advantageous right. to, to sort of like, you know, success in this industry. Whereas, you know, if you want I mean, I'm gonna use him as an example. He's very successful, but like right now, if you wanted Jim Lee, you know, there are 10, 12, 15 books out there at least that you can go to that kind of give you some approximation. They might not capture all of it, but you know, they're yeah. they're in that line and I think that you know, that and that's the downside of having a house style and that's I think what what obviously you're talking about the restraints of working on licensed work as as an artist like yourself is that you're not your art is not the house style, you know, it's it's its own thing and when you're in the licensed realm that can sometimes be Uh, A huge resistance, but then as soon as you go to do your own thing, it's it's your biggest benefit You know, it's your biggest ally. It's your biggest asset Um, so it's it's an interesting thing.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean to be able to to Do your your work and you it's funny because the more true you are to yourself creatively the more people will sense that and even if they're not I think now that I'm I'm thinking about it a little more here, uh-huh. I think one of the things that I've gotten since working on Bitter Root is man, I really love what you're doing on this book and it's coming from people who may not have said that before. Interesting. Um, um and, and I think that and, and, and that's that's more that's more from people that are very um down the middle with their taste, if you
3: yeah, will. I feel you know, and I think that
2: has a lot to with uh, The sincerity of the art. If mm-hmm. you're very, the more sincere you are, the more true you are to your work. Those people will sense that, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, they kind of just, you know, like, there's, there's other, there are other creators that when I see their work doing, when they're doing their thing, it's like, man, I mean, there's some artists that I, I didn't really take to until I saw them do their thing yep. creatively on, on something creator-owned or what have you, and you see them just kind of full-on full, full on doing their thing, and I'm like, whoa, this is incredible. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I love that. So I think it applies to, to everyone, myself included.
0: Kent, it's time for an ad break. Let's do this. I hate to interrupt this amazing program, but, uh, well, we got to tell you about another amazing program. Do you want to know what it is, Kent? I do. Hit me. It's Panel by Panel Magazine. It is a publication so amazing that uh, the Eisner Awards decided to nominate it two years in a row for the best uh, comics comics-related publication, I think is what the award's called. Don't quiz me on it, Kent. I saw you being quizzical. I want to know. It is What's a, it about? It's a magazine all about the craft of comics. They interview the day's top creators on how they do what they do. They get all the way in depth. They tear each issue apart. They 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 deconstruct and reconstruct this form we know as sequential art. It's incredible.
1: It's I might amazing. know some listeners out there that are trying to get better at making comics. Mm-hmm. Where can they Where can they find that comic? They go to PanelXPanel.com.
0: Each issue is $2.50. They quite often have some big sales on these issues. They're jam-packed. They're over 100 pages often. Uh, it is it is well worth your dollar. Go to PanelXPanel.com and start reading today. Kent, you've got a
1: comic. Tell me about it. I do. It's called Scariest in Screamforth. It's about three kid monsters in a monster town trying to solve a mystery. It's spooky cute. Ooh. It's fun. It's young adult, but honestly, it's written for everybody. If you know how to read, you should read my comic. Absolutely. And you can read it for free. For free? Free, 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 free. 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 Burr, burr, burr. At scariestandscreamforth.com. I love that Check comic, it out. Kent. It's one of the best things you've ever done with your life. Thanks, man. I, I legitimately think so too. <laughs> it's a joke, but it's actually kind of true. Uh, you've got a comic.
0: I do. It's it's a little one. It's a little shorter. It's little a mini. a four page action romp called Boat Hard. There's a lot of meat in those four pages. There is a lo- there's a lot of meat. There's a lot of man
1: meat in those four pages. Well, I mean, not all sorts of meat, but I don't know if I was going to define it like that. But it's I, really well, fun. It is very exciting. Fun. Do you like action? Do you this like is the f- This is your favorite action movie.
0: This is your favorite action comic that was never made until I made it in four pages. It's called Boatheart. It stars Eyepatch McForce, a man with two eye patches who sees with his fists. But the problem when you see with your fists, everything's a fight. Ooh. Ooh. You're hooked. You're So where hooked. should we go because we're all hooked? Instagram.com slash Jason Halftones. That's where you'll find it. Boom. Go back to, to, to a few months ago and you'll see it there. All right, well. Let's get uh, back to the
1: show. Yeah, let's go.
0: And actually, in in talking about artists kind of doing their thing and sort of the impact of people, I do do have to thank you because the last time that we talked, you had uh, introduced me to... An artist whose name I didn't know, uh, but whose work I definitely knew, uh, and that is Alex Toth. I had never the last time oh, we wow. talked, which was like two years ago. I didn't really know Alex Toth, uh, yeah. and in the intervening time, I have become a huge Alex Alex Toth disciple. And I've you know like actually literally yesterday, I picked up the. Um, uh, this is actually courtesy of IDW, so shout out IDW, thank you. Uh, but I got the uh, Bravo for Adventure Artist Edition.
2: Oh, I know you were going to say that. <laughs> That now I have
0: to get that, dude. It's incredible. I literally the last twenty four hours have just been spent like pouring over these pages. I for our uh, yeah. for our Patreon, I'm probably going to do like a video of sort of going through it and kind of looking at some of the interesting things there. But uh, yeah, well, the, I mean, the dude's a master, and it's it's incredible to see like his pencils and stuff. Um, and also, I have to say, I am so jealous of uh, the fact that you you have a copy of Alex Toth by Design because that thing is expensive <laughs> to find.
2: Yeah, that is part of my whole holy grail. <laughs> uh, I have a I have a holy grail edition of um, let's see that. See, now we're gonna we're, we're about to start talking talking about uh, some of my favorite subjects, and that's oh, uh, art. Yeah, art. You know, some of the luminaries of our time, mm-hmm. um, dude. Alex Tose by Design, of course. Yeah. Um, I have here in my possession. Mm-hmm. Um, the artist edition of Al Williamson's Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah. That, oh. that is the biggest book I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it, it's, it is, I think 22 inches, 22 by 24, 24 inches by 18. I think. Wow. It's humongous. It might that be bigger absurd. than that. I take that back. It's twenty eight. I just measured.
0: Is that the size that Williamson worked on? Say it again. Is that the, the size of page that Williamson worked on for his pages? I'm
2: pretty sure it is. I mean that uh, those guys work huge. I wish I could um, if I had the space I would <laughs> do that with a bitter root book. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe.
0: That's wild. I can't even oh.
2: Oh man, and this thing has like the hat it has like a frosted mylar oh. overlay.
0: Oh, it's
2: incredible. Um,
0: Dude. I also
2: have uh, Michael Golden's G.I. Joe Annual uh-huh. uh, Artist Edition. It's, it's a portfolio, so the pages are loose, like real pages. Oh, my God. And um, it's in a portfolio, and it's the entire story. I think it's, what, 30 pages. Wow. And it's the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: That is insane. I I've never even heard of like an artist edition coming that way, where you can just like pull the pages out and look at. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> yeah, it literally is like you're you're looking at the original pages. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's mind-boggling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the you all know, the notes and of course uh, IDW. They're great for doing uh, everything the exact uh, as close to the original as yeah. as uh, possible. So. So I have that. What else am I looking at here? I have another artist edition of um, Marvel covers. It's Ooh. incredible to uh, to see. It's like everyone from early Mike Mignola oh. to, uh, gosh, they got uh, all the biggest, most expensive covers in this. <laughs> you know, the, the the great Mike Zach cover with um, Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Captain America cover where we be scratching the the cap's uh, shield and the spark. Yeah, that is, it's awesome to see it in uh, the uh, original scale replica. That's pretty awesome to see some of the techniques. And that's ultimately why I get these books is not just to look at that, to have the collect, but to study these techniques and, oh, oh, wow. You know, it's kind of like what you were saying. Uh, with Alex too,
0: yeah. so yeah, man. It, man. it's you, a... should,
2: you should come over. I'll I'll show you, dude. What you do? Here's an idea, and I'll, I I want you know 50 of this idea. Remember that show Cribs? <laughs> you should do an on the road study, uh, I mean, on the road video cast or whatever, showing artists in their studios in their their, their I, collection.
0: I'm not even kidding. That's... I. Honestly, I I would love to do that, and I once 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 I get a couple of seasons on this uh, TV show under my belt, then uh, I'll take a hiatus and uh, and and sort of use the savings to to yeah do a road trip because that would be I mean a I think our audience would love that we have you know I think the vast majority of our audience is is aspiring cartoonists or even current cartoonists, and so I think that would be and just for me that would be a joy to see. Um, <laughs> And so when when that comes right. about, I'll make sure that uh, in in the credits on each one, it'll be uh, idea from from Sanford Green.
2: Well, not only credits, but you know percentage and all that. stuff.
0: Yeah, of course like... royalties. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll have our people get in touch and work That's that right. out. That's
3: <laughs> um, well,
0: right. What's I, I, I while we're on the subject though of Alex Toth, I, what, what's something for in your work? What do you think is one of the biggest ways that, that Alex Toth has has impacted you?
2: Um, placing blacks. Mm. um Mike chat that's probably the biggest thing
0: interesting i could
2: see yeah. that yeah i learned learned much from looking at his work he's a
0: master of that man
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i tell you you know you mentioned mike mignola i it's like the the weird drum that i always beat when in regards to mike mignola is that i think outside of hellboy i think cosmic odyssey dc's cosmic odyssey is his best work yeah. uh And it's like, it's such a weird, it's like that story, it feels like has kind of been lost with time, but I feel like that is a, one of the best DC comics ever, but also just like seeing Mignola start to take shape as the Mignola that we would come to, come to know and love with Hellboy, but still sort of working in that, you know, like company owned realm where, like you say, he can't quite get as stylized as you can feel he wants to, but he's like towing that line where Superman looks a little weird, Batman looks a little weird, but like you're loving it, you know? Right. Um... Anyway, I, that's that's a book I pour over constantly. I,
2: he, I was going to chime in on that, yeah, too. Please. I mean, he, he's definitely another um, illustrator. I mean, just to have him do uh, the variant for issue one of Bitter Root.
0: Oh, yeah, and that was a good cover. Uh,
2: that was an out-of-body experience right there. <laughs> just the mere fact that he said yes. Yeah. And, um, man, it's... it's <laughs> I, I still... Um, I'm just flabbergasted over. Um, I'll share the story with you. So Please. I was at San Diego um, last year, and um, he was there, of course, and I wanted to introduce myself. I mean, he, he knew me, of course,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but he we haven't really spoken in person before. Yeah. And, you know, just being honest, I, you know, sometimes I've, well, I've heard stories <laughs> of, and just, you don't know what you're going to necessarily get. So I was a little apprehensive, but, I still want, because he did the cover, I just wanted to shake his hand and thank him and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I keep it short and sweet. So I went up to him, thanked him, and uh, felt good. All right, let's leave. Since he's on a high note, um, <laughs> he's doing good. I can, I can leave on a high note. Uh-huh. And um, he says, hey, hey, um, come back real quick. And he said, you want to check out the cover? And I, I was like, absolutely. I would love to check out the cover. Yeah. So I the cover out, <clears throat> and I'm looking at the cover. And I'm like, that's beautiful. That's uh, incredible. Wow. And he says, you know what? It's yours. What? And he gave me the, yeah, he gave me the original to uh, issue one.
0: Oh my God.
2: So I was like, you know what? The rest of Comic Con could be a complete disaster, <laughs> all all barring, like, you know, a terrorist attack. Yeah. Nothing bad could happen at the show
0: to overshadow that.
2: Overshadow that. So yeah. I was just like, yeah, that that was man. He's, he's an incredible
0: guy. I was literally, I was when you when you talked about the cover, I was going to ask you like how much how much do you think it would cost for you to get your hands on that, and now <laughs> you, you answered that question. That's freaking
2: Absolutely. awesome. Just shaking his hand. <laughs>
0: that's so, cool, man. That's that's really awesome. I'm sure that's that's gonna be a price collection for quite a while. Seeing such a master like sort of illustrating your own characters for your book, like that's that's so cool. And
2: what's funny is that he was the first. Artist to turn in his cover, you know, we've got a slew of cover artists, yeah. and uh, they're all incredible. But he was the first. I mean, he wow. had really every excuse in the book <laughs> to say, "Hey, man, one, I can't do it." Yeah. But if I do do it, I have a movie. <laughs> yeah, I got a movie to produce or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. um,
0: man, that's that's he, so cool.
2: Yeah. So that was. He's always someone. It,
0: I kind of, I have like a this comparison in my head where I, I talk about, you know, or, or kind of thinking about like artists who have a distinct style and who, who end up going into the creator owned realm to thrive. And I always look at him as compared to Walt Simonson, uh, mm-hmm. where they're both two guys who obviously start as artists and, and eventually end up telling their own stories and, and both kind of have a really long run on one defined character that they end up sort of like really making their name on. Uh But the biggest difference between the two being that Simonson did his on a Marvel character and Mignola did his on a character that he owned. Uh, Yeah. And so I I always look at that and I'm like, man, like just imagining a world where Walt Simonson did the same thing, you know, rather than spending 15 years on Thor or whatever, if he had, you know, gone to Dark Horse or, or wherever, you know, if he had joined up with the image guys, whatever, like, and done his own sort of you know mythological thing or whatever i mean obviously now he's got his idw book which is great you know it's awesome but it's like thinking about a world where you know simonson did his own sort of hellboy uh and obviously he's he's doing fine you know i'm sure he, he doesn't really have many huge regrets or anything but it's like just just thinking about how much you know like thor ragnarok how much that movie owes to walt simonson versus how much he undoubtedly got paid for it like he probably got a fraction for that movie of what Mignola did on this Hellboy movie that didn't really hit, you know? Um,
2: yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like kind of a shame to see, you know, an artist and, and a creator who's so talented to, to have kind of like, to not have had that, you know, huge chance to, to tell their own stories while they were, you know, kind of in the, the popular zeitgeist or whatever.
2: Yeah. Um, I met Walt Simon a few times and, um, yeah, you're right. I, think, uh, you know, he he may have gotten a lot more with his own thing, but I think he's he's doing okay though. Yes,
0: yeah, <laughs> he definitely is. It's like he's right. he's not suffering at all, you know. He's he's uh he's doing well, but it's just like one of those things where I think it's it's just kind of an interesting thing to think about and obviously creator owned wasn't what it was then as it is now. Um, True. Uh, anyway, but uh, True. to to sort of uh, start to wrap up the interview cuz I know obviously you're you're working on stuff. You got you got things to to do. Um, But I am curious, what are your sort of uh, common tools? You know, obviously a lot of people listening are artists. Um, It seems like I see you using a brush pen a lot in your uh, uh, videos. Like, you know, when you're showing yourself like inking, it seems like you've also got a brush nib. Like what are the tools that you're typically going to when you're drawing a page or inking?
2: Um, uh, Truth be told, I use uh, a traditional brush. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I use the brush pen, honestly, because I'm filming video
0: <laughs> got it
2: you to be told because it, it's a little nerve-wracking to do the, the camera and i feel that like, well i have a, uh, a fan now that i put my camera on and film oh there you so go both hands are free but i still get a little weird <laughs> when the camera is on uh-huh. and i feel like i got this brush if i have the brush sometimes that brush doesn't agree with where i want it to go mm-hmm. and I film and it's like oh man I'm, I'm gonna have to start over or whatever <laughs> with, with the brush pen it's pretty you know, i can get in there and um make it happen without too many uh mistakes off the off the bat I feel but, like um, you know but uh, every once in a while i can get that brush i did a commission recently of uh batman commission uh-huh. and i used the brush the actual brush on the commission and um Man, that was so invigorating because I I nailed that. I nailed that curve, nice Uh little snap to the brush. Uh You know, oh man, I felt like a winner. (laughs) Okay, just uh, savor this moment. I I keep reposting that version of me using the brush of that moment. (laughs) I haven't had any great moments on video.
0: <laughs> no, I feel you, and that was—I I know it's. This is the the Batman Commission where he's kind of like diving straight at the camera. Is that the one? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're insane. talking
0: about. Um, that's awesome, man. I yeah,
2: uh, so I, go ahead. I use I use them. I use everything. I mean, honestly, right now I'm using. Um, right now I'm using um, these uh, Kiro Kiritaka, Oh I yeah, think, uh, Pitt pins um i use that for backgrounds uh, buildings interesting uh, tech that kind of thing
0: um oh so the line can be kind of more steady and and even
2: nice uh, control and a lot more clean and we yeah. trying to 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 value uh cleaner lines mm. more i went from one end <laughs> to where we brushed chaos and yeah stuff flying everywhere to control and so i'm kind of and now i'm kind of switching back towards the brushy so it's kind of i'm in the middle now I'm finding a nice <laughs> middle ground where it's brushy kinetic energy on some parts and really controlled, yeah um in other parts
0: that makes sense yeah i i feel that that's and and it's i think that's kind of something that's cool it's like you know the organic stuff is you know like the, the people and the sort of things like that are the ones that are more lively with those kind of, you know, with those brushy and, and organic lines. And then obviously fittingly, machines, buildings and stuff like that, yeah, kind of have a more even stroke to them. And I think that's, yeah, there, there's something that like is fitting about that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, in terms of scheduling, I, we've been talking a lot lately about, about sort of discipline and scheduling, especially for amateur cartoonists, you know, people who have other jobs and stuff, like the importance of kind of Keeping yourself on a consistent schedule—is um, that something that you do? Do you kind of practice a very regular schedule for yourself? Is that something that you need in your process?
2: Um, yeah, I—I—I I, I, I guess having a uh, truth be told, having a family mm. kind of dictates a lot of times. I, I, honestly, it's it's allowed me to be. It's made me a lot more disciplined because you only have a certain window every day. Like my kids go to school from seven to three Uh is pretty much game on (laughs) schedule right there. Yeah. Um, I I do everything I need to do between seven and eight (laughs) in terms of, um, duties around the house, family, that kind of thing. Yeah. Get myself, my, get my coffee going. And, um, because coffee is becoming a really great source. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, once there, you know, once eight o'clock hits, I try to be at the table, Mm -hmm. try to, um, and I let, and I work until about 10 Mm -hmm. and then I'll do the thing, post some art, that kind of thing and get that circulated or whatever. Um, That can be kind of a iffy situation sometimes because you get caught up in surfing, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I really kind of fight that. Um, and also just, um, you know, checking emails and replying back to whatever uh, yeah. emails I need to. Of course. You know, so I'll just kind of do that back and forth throughout the day uh, while I'm working. Mm. Uh, I don't recommend that to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of stuck in that mode right now where I work for a little bit, check the emails, that kind of
3: thing. I feel
0: that. I feel that. How long on Bitterroot? How long do your do your pages take you for uh, pencils and inks
2: usually? Um, about eight hours on average. Got it. Uh, I can. I try to do like really really rough thumbnails mm-hmm. for every page. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll try to do like if I get a script. That's the other great thing about working um, independent or doing your own create your own deals. Um, once you get the script, you can work. Yeah. Whereas um, with the big two, just putting it out there, a lot of times you don't even get the full script, and you got to work on partial script and. Yep. Kind of waiting for the, the next part and. Yep. It's this weird stop and go kind of thing, and you know you lose your flow. So I, I it's great to get a full script in hand. Um, I can map out the entire script in three days four days at the most. Nice. Um, and then I'll take that and um, redefine uh, the, the thumbnails uh, with tighter pencils, even though it's still very loose. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll get all the shapes and the composition exactly the way I want it. Um, and then I go in and ink. So we're talking, uh, it's interesting because I don't really do a page a day per se.
3: Uh-huh.
2: I do a chunk of a certain job in a week. Got it. So, week is all thumbnails. Second week is all pencils. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <clears throat> go that way. I, I find myself being a lot more productive that way.
3: Yeah,
0: that makes sense. You can kind of like check off those stages as you go and sort of like track the progress there. And it's like when your mind is in thumbnail mode, when you're in sort of like figuring it out and shaping it out and laying it out mode, like you can just stay in that mode. Rather than having yeah. to do one page at a time, that makes that makes total yeah. sense.
2: Yeah, I hate I hate the that that whole back and forth process thing. It's yeah, kind of frustrating.
0: Yeah, totally. That that makes sense, man. Um, yeah. Well, cool. I I uh, I won't uh, I won't keep it too much longer. Uh, basically, just two two more questions here. Um, the one question: What do you think it is that uh, that holds young artists uh, uh, back the most? You know, aspiring comic book artists.
2: This is going to sound, I'm going gonna, gonna to hit some nerves here, but Please. I think uh, laziness, mm. um, not willing to put in the work in terms of uh, learning how to draw the difficult things. You know, I, I'm a instructor as well. I yeah. teach a, a master class. I'm doing mastering quotation marks
3: right
2: now. So. <laughs> um, um, I teach this master uh, course um, at my alma mater, Benedict College here um, locally. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we're we working on an assignment right now. I can use this as a perfect example. Um, we're working on an assignment right now that has a lot of backgrounds. Yeah. Right. And there's a few students in this master course and they <laughs> say, oh man, I got to draw all of that. And, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you already lost. The mere <laughs> fact that you're done, that you you can't think like that in terms of this business, mm-hmm. specifically this business. You know, of uh, honestly, anything within the realm of this. It's not just sequential art, comic book art. It's storyboarding. It's uh, character development for TV animation. It's yeah. it's it's all of that stuff, right? And um, conceptual design, all that stuff falls under, you know, that type of discipline. If you can't draw a building or a room or if you feel that's too hard yeah, and you need to reassess where you really want to go or what you really want to do yeah. how, or how bad you really want this thing. Yeah. How's great until you have to do the work.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Yep.
2: Um, so I think when the rubber meets the road, a lot of times these students or just young aspiring artists in general. Um, mm-hmm. They they tend to check out on certain things. They'll put all their effort into this one thing, but this other thing, they just kind of, you know, phone it in. Yeah. I tell aspiring artists all the time, you have to treat drawing that bus like you love drawing that character.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. If you
2: don't, if you don't see that bus as as interesting to draw, As those cool characters, you're gonna fail every time.
0: Yeah, I think that's 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 a really good point. Do you think that's also? Do you think that's the same reason you see from from young artists, like people who are going for portfolio reviews and stuff like that? Do you do you think that's kind of the same reason why you see so many portfolios that are incomplete, that have a bunch of pages that are like halfway done or halfway inked or whatever, like you know that aren't quite finished? Do you think it's kind of that same sort of mentality of like being either not wanting to or, like, being afraid of, like, failing at certain things or whatever that is?
2: Yeah, I think it's a, a combination of things where it's like every, you know, everyone wants to put their best foot forward in, yeah. in their obviously. So you're going to cater mostly towards the things that you feel the most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I think, um... I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. No, you're talking <laughs> in real time here. But uh but um
0: Yeah, for the incomplete portfolios.
2: Yeah, they they, they they become a little afraid of trying those things because they don't want to to for lack of better words, they don't want to mess it up. Yeah. Or they want to be found out or called out, if you will. Mm. Oh wow, this is not that good. Yeah. Right. We all have that fear. I still have that fear. You know, the imposter so,
3: syndrome.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think part of it is is that. The other part is, again, you know, you you get so you mentally. I think it's. I say this is to to artists all the time, aspiring artists, especially. Mm-hmm. Seventy-five percent of this whole art thing is mental. Yeah, or maybe sixty percent of it. The other 40% or even 30% of, of this art thing is your ability.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: a lot of great artists and they just don't really put in the work. Yeah. Because they aren't mentally there. You have to be mentally there. You have to want this like you want sleep or food or, you know, it just has yeah. to be in you in that way. And that's something you really honestly can't teach. I can. Bring it to your attention, but I can't teach you that. Yeah. That's something that you have to decide as the individual, right? It's yeah. like, how bad do you want it? Do you want it to the point to where you're always in that you have to want it to some degree to where it's almost abnormal to other people, to the normal people, right? You have to, when people say, hey, man, let's go, I don't know, shoot basketball or <laughs> whatever. And you're like, oh, man, I got to finish these pages. Yeah. I'm not saying you don't go hang out and be with your friends. But if you have something you know you need to get done. Yeah. And it's me talking to myself as well. How? how what's your thought process? Are mm-hmm. you like, oh, I, I, I got to get this done. This is more important. Or do you think, oh, I'll just I can do it later. Yeah. Or I could do it whenever. I got time or whatever, and that—that's that—that is ingrained as a student, as a professional. That's that's, (laughs) that mental thing is a big thing. Yeah. And but if you're if you're already in a place before you become a a professional mentally, if uh, you're—I'll use the word lazy again. Yeah. Lazy minded, there's no way in the world you you're going to be able to 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 be successful as a professional.
0: Absolutely. That's some uh, that's some sage advice for all you uh, artists out there. That's uh, I think one of the least talked about and most important things is is like that. There's that discipline to kind of keep yourself keep yourself working when there's there's more tempting things out there. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Sanford, before uh, before we hit you with the very last question we ask every guest, uh, before we hit you with that, let's uh, let's get where people can find you on social media and wh- what they can look out for.
2: Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook
0: at Sanford Green. I want to say thank you one more time to Sanford Green uh, for joining the show. It was lovely to talk to him again. He shared some incredible insight, Kent, and uh, I really appreciate it. I was sad that you weren't there this time, buddy. I, I'm I'm super bummed that I missed it. Actually, <laughs> I, I love talking to him
1: at any convention. He's yeah. so full of knowledge.
0: Oh, dude, he's he's sick. You'll you'll have to listen to this one. I think you'll really like it. Um, he 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 dove deep, and I I know all the listeners out there will appreciate it. Um, so thank you one more time to Sanford. Uh, you can follow him on social media and all that stuff uh, at Sanford Green. Um, he is uh just a delight, and his process stuff is. Uh I'll, I would say without equal. I'd say he is he is unequaled in in the it's a bold statements, sir.
1: I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying it's not, uh, but it's it's there's so many good uh, people out there that can make some good process stuff. So you know, yeah, I'm gonna hold you to that forever. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, no, he's uh, he's he's brilliant, man. His process stuff, like legitimately, if you go to his Instagram um, or anything like that, you know, he's he's gonna show off those master skills um there's there's some process videos that i love i love watching him like um i love watching him kind of inking you know because he does he does on his instagram live stories uh he does like inking videos where he's just kind of going like smoothly with the brush and like showing off i i it's like almost like asmr i think for a comic artist
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh does he do traditional digital traditional traditional he's
0: all traditional yeah Love it. it's crazy it's rare to see someone with such a um a wild like art style that's doing traditional cuz his stuff it's like very clearly influenced by like a lot of um you know like manga anime like that's right yeah you know but then also like the traditional illustration stuff and so it's i find it fascinating that his style is so like bold and wild and, and he's still traditional um but yeah check him out sanford green uh the uh Bitterroot summer special the, i think it's the red summer special is what it's called is in comic stores right now as you're listening to this um so make sure you go pick it up uh and, and pick up the first volume of Bitterroot, which is also available um amazing comic uh sanford's awesome david green uh chuck brown like they are an incredible team um so you're missing out if you haven't read it but uh, that's—he's not the only person we need to thank this week, Kent. Uh, who, who else do we need to thank right now?
1: Yeah, I uh, definitely want to thank Sean Rosner for the music throughout our show. Uh, you can check out his music at uh, at Sean Rosner's Sean Rosner Arts. He, cha- he just changed it, so. Got it. I, got yeah, it. I think that's. Got to uh, do the new one. Do the new one. That might not be accurate, but uh, <laughs> uh, go check him out. Uh, he's a fantastic musician. He's also a really talented uh, illustrator as well, which is a double threat. Sean Rosner Arts. Sean Rosner Arts. Or no, sorry. Sean the Rosner Arts. Sean the Rosner Arts. That's <laughs> the one. Uh, yeah, and then check out his album, Burn Away Defy the Night. I've listened to it more than 20 times. It's incredible. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's really good stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, moving on to reviews. If you want to help support the show. Please, please, one please. One of the best ways you can do it is by going over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and firing a review across our bow And uh, let us know what you think. You don't. uh, We appreciate the five star ones, but you can be accurate. And any review that you give us, we'll we'll read on the show as long as it's not
0: hate speech. And I mean, hey, look. All I'm saying is we have yet to get any review under five stars. Don't tempt them. We've
1: got. (laughs) Don't break our streak.
0: Look, our 100% success rate right now with five-star reviews Uh We're a perfect ratings. podcast. We're, we're, we're incredible. There's nothing to we're improve. We're the best ever. Yeah. No one's ever been better. No. And I think that's every guest <laughs> we've ever had has said that. Uh, it's unfortunate that we never get it on mic. Every Yeah, time, it's, it, just, uh, it always cuts, uh, cuts out right there. It's like right after we stop recording, they're like, by the way, this is the best podcast I've ever heard in my life. Um, <laughs> literally every time without fail. So it's kind of crazy.
1: It's like the the bigfoot footage we we were always so close and we're there we saw it happen yeah we saw it we saw it so it was it's, we real. Heard it. it's real
0: yeah you and i both like we can verify we, we have, can we both have two witnesses statements. exactly yeah. and so up. and no need to ask the, the don't, actual don't creators it. themselves yeah uh just yeah but leave just, leave it to us you know you trust us cuz you're rating us 5 stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Google and Stitcher exactly. all, all those mediums all the, all the ones also if you all rate those. us on Stitcher and or review us on Stitcher um let us know Otherwise, it'll probably be months before we see it and shout you out on the podcast. So if you do give us a review on Stitcher, just, uh, you know, shoot us a quick message on Instagram or something.
1: A little DM us. Yeah,
0: just be like, hey, check Stitcher. Just
1: Um,
0: Because I don't check it very often. Uh, Thank you, Sean Rosner, and thank you to everyone who is reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, We also would like to thank our patrons. We Uh, really appreciate it. Seriously, it is amazing. Everyone who is supporting us on Patreon uh, is equally appreciated. You are all absolutely 100 percent unequivocally appreciated uh thank you so much to melody mew
1: pretty uh, very very much appreciate it yeah. and jordan Southoff, i believe is the south
0: i think it's south off south off
1: yeah i mean if I we if we
0: go it. down this if we go down this rabbit hole of like you know how to pronounce, n- how to pronounce names because we keep uh uh kevin is another uh guy that we consistently mispronounce and i think he even sent us a message he did okay Man and Kevin, okay, I'm I'm not. I don't mean to put you on blast here, Kevin, but your uh frenetic guide to how to pronounce your name still doesn't fully make sense. Catalan, Catalan, Kevin Catalan. See, that's the thing. As it's it's, I I'm not fully understanding what he's trying to. Anyway, but we
1: appreciate your support, Kevin. We really appreciate. Thank you, Kevin. I hope you enjoyed those sketch cards. Uh, Kobe Keith.
0: Colby Keith. Colby Keith. Thank you so much, Colby. Uh, You're incredible. You're amazing. You're beautiful. Um, Also, uh, Kevin and Colby, I've checked. I've seen both of your guys work, and it's it's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, Keep going. I I can't wait to see what you guys put out. Um, Pat Scott as well. Thank you so much.
1: And last but not least, Sharks with Jobs Comics Group.
0: Mm, thank you thank you all Love for your name. support uh, we would not be able to do this show uh, without all you guys in fact uh, and all
1: of our other uh, patrons and all
0: of well. our other patrons yes all of our other patrons who are not at the tier for credits uh, thank you all for your support even a dollar a month helps a lot it helps phenomenally case in point yeah case in point uh, pretty soon after this episode goes up we will be at San Diego Comic Con yes um,
1: we're we'll walking around the floor absolutely if you, if you see us please say hi please yeah if you see us if you're going to San
0: Diego send us a message interrupt on any me.
1: conversation
0: that I'm having totally. with Jim Lee yeah uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> we do talk to jim lee a lot at always we're best friends yeah we never we we kind of we have such a close friendship that we never want to like put we a microphone in between it yeah 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 exactly he's um <laughs> he's very aloof that way and so are we uh but yeah no if if you're at san diego please send us a dm on on instagram uh or twitter at tmvc workshop on both of them boom um let us know you're there and yeah we'd love to we'd love to meet you people um and we'll be going around getting interviews, um from uh, the self publishers from from us the in big the names. Wild collecting interviews, exactly. Yeah, with the headphones on and big backpack and and some stuff. But anyway, all that to Thanks. say, uh, uh, your patronage is uh keeping us fed while we are in San Diego, uh, and so getting it's getting us some snacks. Yeah, it's gas money. Exactly, it all goes
1: into the the machine. Yeah. That is a, getting interviews
0: it's it's really helpful and so at this point it's it's uh giving us enough that we can at least drive a couple hours down to san diego and yeah. and get some interviews and stuff hopefully at some point we'll be able to go to other towns that aren't uh, as close and, and so west coast stuff. california yeah exactly uh may, you know maybe even up to portland one of these days oh my knows? god yeah that's, that's that's the dream that's the dream get all the way up to portland um but yeah thank you all for your patronage uh you can follow me on social media at jason halftones and you
1: can follow me Kent Heidelman at Kent Heidelman uh, pretty much Instagram is the best one see I you, you always do this I, I always say like you can follow me at Jason Halftones you always go you can follow
0: me and then you give your name and then you also give your Instagram it's twice email. it's, twi- it's you, an interesting eating, it's uh, an interesting
1: strategy I'm saying it twice to remind you to yeah. putting my Na- name, name so nice you say it twice uh-huh. Something interesting like I don't intentionally do it actually <laughs>
0: Yeah, because you're always like, even but in our even in our I'm ads, halfway through it, and I'm like, oh, but I didn't say the at, so let me say it again with the at. Even even in our ads, you're like, hi, I'm Kent Heidelman. and it's like, yeah, they're listening to the show, they're halfway through, they know yeah. who you are,
1: but it's you I, know, I, hey, you're reminding funny, people. Funny enough, that also my father has listened to the show, and he says he can't tell the difference between our voices. I think that's any podcast with two white guys on it, like this. <laughs> Fair enough. There's so many where you go, like
0: I don't know until you listen. Say
1: we're the same person. We are having our conversation with ourselves. We've been lying to you guys,
0: uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, there's so many podcasts. Like up until I like literally, it'll take like a hundred episodes before I'm like, oh, okay, this is that's that person. That's him. Yeah, that's
1: that's the one or her mm, or her. Yeah, I've, or they. I'm, li- I'm listening to a, a podcast and I thought that it was just one of the girls talking, and it was both. Nice, and I was just like. Oh wait a minute! I need to kind of unravel these yeah, two different personalities. Totally, and it it got very strange because I'm like, oh wait, what? Okay, my favorite
0: podcast. It took me I think 50 episodes before I could actually tell uh, all of their voices apart. Wow, yeah, eh, it is incredible. It um, so to all of you who have no idea who's talking, shout out! We love you.
1: <laughs> exactly, we
0: really do. At some point, maybe we'll have some video content that uh, that separates it. Uh, but uh, we digress, and that is, uh, yep, that is the. The last bit of uh, this show. We thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much again really to Sanford it. Green.
1: Thank you for listening. That's probably the, the best thing of all, even if you're not supporting us on Patreon. We appreciate you just tuning in. It yeah. means a lot.
0: No, seriously. Every every pair of ears, or even if you lost hearing in one ear and you only have one ear to give, we appreciate every single ear that is listening to this show. Um, uh, it's It means a lot to us that you're listening. So, uh, without further ado, let's get on into why Sanford Green loves comics.
2: Because they make me happy.
0: <laughs> I love Sanford, thank you so much for oh, joining the show. Thank you. That might be cool.com. You never know.